Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. That's right. Give a hand clap of praise unto the Lord. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You may be seated. We are currently doing a series on apostolic doctrine, and uh, we're going to continue that today. How many of you are thankful for your pastor that's in the house today? Amen. Thank you for your service and love for your people. And uh, I'm glad to be here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We are going to talk about in the series of apostolic doctrine on baptism. Baptism. It's part of our salvation process. And so uh, Acts chapter 17 um, and verse 16 Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw that the whole city was uh, given to idolatry. I mean, you know, we live in idolatry, a time of idolatry, and and many gods that uh, people serve do whatever that they desire. In verse 21, for that, Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. I'm here to preach to you Jesus today. And what Jesus said about receiving eternal life Part of our salvation, it, it's, it's Jesus talks about a new birth. And in this new birth, it's like a baby being born. A baby just doesn't come out of the womb and throws a steak on the plate and starts eating. But no, it's got to be washed. The umbilical cord's got to be cut. And, and, and there's got to be a pinching or spanking or whatever. So the baby will take a breath of life. There's a process of being birthed. Every one of us has experienced that process. might not remember, but you have uh, experienced it. And so, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. How many of you understand that you are ambassadors for Christ? As through God does beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God, for he that had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
I'm going to refer back to this at the end of uh, this lesson. This is what I would call a training seminar. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? It also says here in the, script, in the scripture that we are ministers of reconciliation. And we have the word of reconciliation in our mouth. What is reconciliation? Reconciliation, it's a verb. It means restoration. It means atonement, to make the account good. It comes from the verb, uh, the word reconcile, to reestablish a close relationship, to settle or resolve, to reconcile. I was born in a sin nature that I had no choice. I was born with a sin nature that I didn't have an option, like every one of us. And because of the Garden of Eden, of Adam and Eve, sinning in the garden, we have a sin nature that we can do nothing about. And so God has made a plan of salvation that I can be reconciled back to him. And so with this recon reconciliation, Jesus Christ has made the way and paved the way that I could be reconciled back to God. And we are ambassadors for Christ to tell that gospel message. How many of you believe that today? John 3 and verse 1, I'm going to read quite a few scriptures today um, for, for teaching. John chapter 3, 1 through 6, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? He's asking a, a logical question. How can you be born when you are old? Can you enter the second time into your mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Here Jesus is expounding on what Nicodemus has come to him about and saying you must be born of the water and of the spirit. He's talking about two parts there, being born of water and of spirit, just like your natural birth. There's a process that goes through for that baby to be born. And so then he goes into, uh, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, if you're a red-letter edition, King James Version, Bible-carrying, Jesus-only words, in red, believer, you're in luck. Because in the same chapter, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. So now he's talking about believing. So now we've got believing, we've got born of the water, we've got born in the spirit. The same chapter, if you go down to 19, 20, and 21, the Bible says, Jesus talks about your deeds are evil. evil. Your deeds are evil and that there's going to be light shed upon them. He's making aware that what you're doing is wrong. You need to repent. And so he's covering in the same chapter repentance, being born of the believing, repenting, being born of water and of the spirit. What does baptism mean? comes from the Greek word baptizo, means to immerse, to submerge, to make whelmed. You ever been overwhelmed on a job? To make whelmed, that means to be fully wet. 
It's used in the New Testament of a ceremonial washing, especially in the ordinance of Christian baptism. And so here's the question. Was Jesus baptized? Was Jesus baptized? In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, verse 22, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. He left us as an example that we should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And also in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5, ye, and ye know that ye were manifested to take away our, that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Here we find Jesus has given us an example, and the Bible says he's given us an example. Was Jesus baptized? Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need uh, to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Yes, Jesus was baptized. He set for us an example. First reason he was baptized, he fulfilled and completed the righteous plan of God. Because we were born into sin, I have born with a sin nature, there's nothing I could do to reconcile myself between me and God. Jesus Christ has made that way possible, and he set for us an example. The second reason Jesus got baptized, as a high priest, he was required under the law of Moses to wash his flesh in water as part of his ordination into the priesthood ministry. The third reason Jesus was baptized, he was an example to us. If he did no sin, who am I to say that I don't need to be baptized? So the next question is, I'm going to uh, cover how and when, and then I'm going to get to why. Why? Why do we do what we do? Why do we get baptized? Why is, what is the reason we go down in a watery grave? How should I be baptized? Remember the Greek word baptizo, to be completely submerged in water. That's what we do here. There's a tank over here, and uh, the minister will get down in the water with you, baptize you. You know, there's different forms of uh, ways of baptize. Baptize people where you're standing in a, a pool, and they just drop straight down, as long as you're fully submerged. At one time, we baptized someone in face first. And so I got baptized in a creek, Deer Creek, and it was October 17th, 1981. And we had had a cold winter that year. And there was chunks of ice floating down the, the creek. So to tell you, there was a little more than stammering lips, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and, so, and so we baptized through immersion. Acts 8 and, and, and 35, um, the Bible says, Philip, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, preaching unto him Jesus, and as they went on their way, they came unto a, certain, unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hindereth me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. 
And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And even in John chapter 3, we find that there was much water there. And so it takes, it takes submerging, uh, submerging in, in water for baptism. We find the examples in the scripture. Many of you know this, but there's some that might not know this. I've not come to preach or talk about this. Maybe it's a refresher course for some of you that you, maybe you haven't heard uh, this in a while. But how about those that have never heard this gospel message? Amen. What about infant baptism? What about infant baptism? Well, there's no scriptural reference or example of infant baptism. There's no biblical command. An infant cannot exercise faith in in God, an infant can't repent of the state of nature, of the sin nature that he was born in. An infant can't confess faith in God or even understand baptism at all. And so we have no scriptural reference for baptism, of infant baptism. Well, what about sprinkling? What about sprinkling of water? Well, there again, there's no scriptural reference for sprinkling of water. And when you understand what happens when you are baptized according to the scriptures, man, the, script, the sprinkling of water just don't cut it. Because you've got to understand, and I'm going to get into the why here in, a, in a, just a minute. So how should I be baptized? The number one most important thing about being baptized is in the name of Jesus. Not only just submerging in water, but being baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, Acts chapter 3, we find that Peter and John is on the way to the temple. And there's a lame man that's asking for alms. And so when Peter and John gets to the temple, he said, silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, he spoke and invoked the name of Jesus and there was a healing that took place. In Acts chapter 16, Apostle Paul is grieved with a, with a girl that's got a demon, an unclean spirit. And what does Apostle Paul say? He says, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. There was, that when that name was administered and invoked, there was a power demonstrated. There was a power of deliverance that was demonstrated. And Apostle Paul says, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Luke 24 and 47. and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he ascends up into heaven. That remission and re, uh, repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus tells his disciples that repentance and remission of sin should be preached. We find in Acts 2.38, a well-known verse that we say here a lot. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's a saving name, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. He's the one that's paid the penalty and the price for me. So we find in, in the book of Acts, Acts 8 and Acts 10 and Acts 19, that they baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Colossians 3 and 17. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when should I be baptized? 
When should I be baptized? First, we must believe and have faith in what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. He shed his blood on, at Calvary for, for me that I could be redeemed. Mark 16, <clears throat> Jesus, we just, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. He that, Jesus says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The second thing we must do is repent. We must repent. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Number th three, have some understanding of what baptism does for you. What does baptism do for you? In Acts 8 and verse 35, Philip preaches to the, to the eunuch and he responds by saying, see here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip preached Jesus unto him he preached Jesus unto him, and, and, the, and the eunuch says, hey, Philip didn't say you need to be baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch said, hey, what hindereth me? To, I need to be baptized. He got the revelation. Acts 10, one of my favorite uh, chapters in the scripture, Acts 10 and verse 44, and Cornelius, uh, the Italian man, sends for Simon Peter. He even has an, an angelic angel and vis visit him, and he still wasn't saved. He still wasn't saved. He had to send for Simon Peter to give him the words of eternal life. And Peter tells him, can any man, they had received the Holy Ghost, said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them. He gave them an order. He said he commanded them to be baptized. So we talked about when, we talked about how. But I want to talk about why. This is a lot of information to cover in a 45-minute window. And, and so, but why do we get baptized? Why? The first reason why is because it's a direct command of Jesus Christ. If he set the example who did no sin, it's a direct command of Jesus Christ. And so we find in, in Mark 16 and verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The second reason why, because it's part of the new birth experience. Acts chapter 3, we, we opened with this in the very beginning. Jesus um, answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's part of the birth process. It's being born of water. That's what baptism is. And then we know Acts 2 and 38, 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in the heart. Peter had stood up and preached to them, Jesus, you crucified the only Lord in Christ. And he said, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do here? We've messed up. What do we do? Then Peter gives them the gospel message, the first preacher. Number three, because it gives us, the Bible gives us spirit, uh, scriptural examples set forth to us by the apostles. We know Acts 2 and 38, Peter preached this and told them to be baptized and they were baptized. And Acts chapter 8, Philip is preaching to Samaria 
In verse 12, he preaches to Samaria, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They didn't exclude anybody. When Philip preached unto the Samaritans, they were baptized. We find in Acts chapter 9, the conversion of, of, from Saul to Paul. We find that Ananias goes to Paul and, and, and he receives the Holy Ghost and he says, hey, you need to be baptized. He, he preaches unto him Jesus. Acts 10, we talked about this a minute ago. Acts at Cornelius, they received the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, you need to be baptized. Acts 16, Paul and Silas is in jail. And the Philippian jailer, jailer says, what do I need to be, do to be saved? And he says, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we have these scriptural examples for us to follow. We have the example of Jesus. We have scriptural examples of what the apostles did for baptism. The fourth reason, because it's part of our cleansing from sin. Now, here's where it gets good. We can read the stories in the Bible and say, oh, they did that then, and we have these examples. But when it starts hitting here where the rubber meets the road, here's where it's applicable to me and to you because it's part of our cleansing from sin. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. Now, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. That's what baptism does for you. It washes your sins away. It washes your sins away. It cleanses me that I can stand before a righteous God, holy, being born of a sin nature, but I was born again that I could stand before a holy God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In Acts 2.38, we, we've heard this many times. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Remission. Remission of sins. What is remission of sins? Remission means to to, to uh, pardon, freedom, deliverance, forgiveness, liberty. Remission happens when the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is invoked or called upon at baptism. And we find in, in Luke 24, Jesus said repentance, Jesus said repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name amongst all nations. So there, what is remission? It comes from the word remit. It's a verb. It means to transmit and payment, to refrain from exacting, to cancel out, to pardon, to forgive. So me being born in a sin nature, nothing I could do about it, I was born that way. I was handicapped. I was, I was, I was already defeated when I come out of my mother's womb. I already had the sin nature. There's not one thing I could do. And because Jesus Christ has made the way and made a way of redemption for me, I could get baptized and I could stand anew before God, clean and holy, without spot, without, there's no record of my sin. That's the greatest thing about remission. When God says, oh, Here's one that's wanting to be, I'm going to talk about the covenant in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But when we, we talk about 
you know, people going through life and having all these struggles, you know, serving Christ does not take the, the, the struggles away. In fact, in fact, when Jesus was, was, was on the earth, there was major conflict. You had Rome opera, uh, occupying Jerusalem. If there was conflict in, in Jesus' time, it was in that time. They were under Roman oppression. And so here we find, uh, you know, we find the scripture says, for the remission of your sins, that I can stand clean before God, departing. One of, one of a, a great example of, of pardons is, is usually the president of the United States, before he leaves office, he'll pardon people. And they, they just, they, they pardon someone, or many, I don't even know how many they do pardon. But so when they pardon, what's, what's that mean? Whatever charges was against them, they're free. If they're in jail, they get let out. They're free. And so when we sing about freedom and chains being gone, if you think we're a bunch of crazy folk, well, you got to understand when you're free and you understand that you're free and you don't have chains anymore and you're not in a, you're not going to have to stand before God condemned. I've been pardoned. The fifth reason why, the fifth reason why we get baptized because baptism identifies us with being buried with Christ. Jesus Christ was crucified, hung on a cross. They buried him, and on the third day, he rose. He set the example. So Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto, see no, right here, as baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, like that, uh, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So we take on that death, burial, and reservation, uh, resurrection through the salvation plan of Jesus Christ. The sixth reason why. This is probably one of the most important ones. All of them are important. But when we get into... Uh, the covenant, because it makes us recipients of the new covenant in Jesus Christ. It makes us recipients. That means I'm a partaker of this new covenant. It starts with Abraham. Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, God makes a covenant with Abraham. He establishes a covenant, covenant with Abraham that all, and, and the mark and the sign of the covenant was circumcision, that all the male descendants to be circumcised as a mark or seal of the covenant that exists between them and God. God told Abraham, I'm going to give you land, I'm going to prosper you, look at the stars that are in heaven, I'm going to multiply your seed. But he had to take a mark, a seal. And in the Old Testament, in Genesis 17, circumcision was the mark or the seal. But we find in Luke chapter 22... Luke chapter 22, we find Jesus alluding to the new covenant. Now, this is Old Testament. And for, for those, many of you here are, have been in church for a while, so you, understand, you know what I'm talking about. Testament means covenant. So we have, when you look at your Bible, you have Old Testament and you have New Testament. Old covenant, new covenant. So when God appears to Abraham and, and he's talking... Old Covenant, circumcision is the mark or the seal of the covenant. It was the mark and seal in his flesh. 
Jesus now in Luke chapter 22, which is New Testament, New Covenant, he starts talking about this and he reveals this to his disciples. Watch this. Luke 22 verse 19. And he took bread and, bre- and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after the supper, after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, not the cup, in my blood, which is shed for you. So here is the new covenant. It's in the body of Jesus Christ and it's in the blood. Here's Jesus is given a revelation to his disciples. Now it's communion. We're familiar with communion. But you read here in the scriptures and it says, uh, and he, he alludes, he talks about this, this, this bread. He breaks it and said, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. And this cup, my, my blood is going to be for your new covenant. And so what does covenant mean? It's a binding agreement, a compact. A condition in a contract such as a deed or lease a non-performance or violation of which gives rise to cause of an action for breach. Now, that, that could preach. We could go really into this here uh, on, on covenant. And the third, third meaning of, of, of covenant is a, is a contract. It's a contract. And so for, for uh, teaching today, we're going to say contract. The contract between me and God. Me and God. Colossians 2, it says this. Now, Abraham in Genesis 17 gets a covenant with God. Jesus now reveals the covenant to his disciples. They they still haven't got the whole concept and understood. In Luke 22, Jesus reveals it at, at what we call communion at the Last Supper. Apostle Paul goes into detail about this covenant. Apostle Paul goes in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now, it was made with hands in the Old Testament. But now he says it's made without hands in the putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Notice what he says here, by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. That's what the salvation plan is, the gospel message. It's an operation of God to redeem my fallen nature back to him. When, when Apostle Paul talks, he said, buried with him in baptism, wherein you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead through the body of Jesus Christ, through the body of Jesus Christ that was hung on the cross and was broken, and through his blood, I can stand before God blameless, without spot or without wrinkle, because of Jesus Christ. But Romans chapter 2 and verse 29, he's talking about circumcision. And for time's sake, we we don't have time to go deep into this. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. It's not of the flesh anymore as in Abraham's covenant. But Jesus, Jesus Christ said, in my body, 
And in my blood is this covenant going to be established. And circumcision is of the heart right here. We are buried with him in baptism. So when you go over and you get baptized and you go down in a watery grave, there's a covenant that takes place because you're, you're no longer are, are, are doing it my way, but I'm doing it the way of, of Jesus Christ. So, so let, me, let me explain to you. If I had a, a covenant, if I have a, uh, I, I, I'm buying a piece of property. I'm buying a piece of property and I go down to the bank and I'm borrowing money and, and they draw up the contract covenant and I send elder Tom Millick down there to sign for me and the bank's going to say hey look you're, you're not Lee Tharp he can't sign for you you got to sign because the agreement's between us and you not elder Tom Millick and so this is what happens when when Jesus Christ has paid the price that I can be relieved of my sin nature so in baptism, what happens, I go down in a watery grave, the name of Jesus Christ has to be invoked or called upon because the contract or the covenant is between me and God. God already knows my name. And when you call him, the minister, whoever's baptizing you, calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's saying, oh, there's someone here that wants to be in covenant with me. There's someone here that wants to love and, and, and be a covenant and relationship with me. That's why it's imperative that you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the one that shed his blood that I could stand blameless before God. That I could stand blameless before God. Now, go back to our original text. In verse 17... Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. All things are of, of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He's reconciled us by Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the body, by the blood of Jesus Christ. I now could stand before God blameless. Baptism is what, that's what happens at baptism. You make a covenant with, with God himself saying, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to take on the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood was shed for me. And my circumcision, my mark, my seal of the covenant between is, is right here in my heart. It's here in the heart. It's not in outward flesh. It's here in the heart because it says that the circumcision of the, of the heart, when I'm going to say, God, I'm, I'm turning my way and my will and my desires and I'm relinquishing them, I ask you to forgive me of that. And now I want to have a covenant with you. I want to be in relationship with you. And that's what happens at baptism. Baptism, it, it marks us, it seals us. So when I stand before God, he opens the books and he says, oh, I see you've got a covenant with me and you've applied the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. Now I can stand, and, and we read here in the scriptures, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto, world unto himself. 
It's by the, the body of Jesus Christ that God reconciled the world back to him because of our fallen sin nature that I could do nothing about, not one thing. And so we see to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing, not putting on their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation to be redeemed, to be pardoned. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as through God does beseech you by us, we pray you in God's stead that ye be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that I can put on the righteousness of God and stand before God blameless. That's what baptism does for us. That's what the baptism, it washes my sins away. It cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Now, here's the million dollar question. How is it that I can get baptized and I still come to church and well, the guy got on my nerves at work and I kind of told him off and I just wasn't a very good Christian. What do you do with that? Because the question's been asked. You got to understand covenant. Covenant, I can do nothing. My righteousness is as filthy rags. So there's not one thing I can do to justify myself to stand before a holy God that created the world only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is what baptism does. When you get baptized, you become in covenant or in contract with God. And so when I get baptized, I don't need to go get rebaptized because, well, the righteous man falleth down seven times and gets up. I don't need to go get rebaptized. The Bible says that just to crucify the Son of God afresh in your heart. It's a matter of the heart, the circumcisions of the heart. When I get my heart right and ask God to forgive me, the covenant's already been established through baptism. The covenant's already there. If I walk away a little bit because of I messed up or my flesh, all I have to do is make sure my heart's circumcised, make sure my heart's right with God and say, God, I love you and I want to serve you and I'm sorry for what I've done. That's what baptism does for us. Are you thankful for baptism today? Are you thankful? I think we should stand and thank God for the plan of salvation. Sometimes we take it for granted. Let's begin to worship him right now. Thank him that he made a way of escape despite my human nature, despite my sin. Oh, come on. He deserves more glory than that. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name together. He's been so good to us. I'm glad I'm in covenant with him. Oh, he's washed my sins away. Aren't you glad he washed your sins away? Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Brother Tharp, for tremendous teaching today about us being in covenant with the Lord. I'm glad I've been baptized in his name. 
filled with his spirit. I mean, no, there is an act of obedience that brings the miraculous power of God. He told the blind man, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam and you'll be healed. And when he obeyed and washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam, God opened his eyes. Same way with the leper, when he had the leper and the Naaman, he said, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be healed. When he came out on the sixth time, nothing happened. But when he came up the seventh, because he obeyed the word of the Lord, he was healed of his leprosy. <laughs> Praise God. And when Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, there's something happens when you get baptized. Something gets happened when you, happens when you come up out of the water. Amen. I'll never forget, Brother Prince came to me. Sister Cheryl, you'll remember this. Sister Jackie, you'll remember this. Came in the middle of the day, knocked on the office door, came in, said, I need to see the pastor. And when he came into the office, he said, I have been a Christian for 15 years. I play music in the church I've attended. I've been on the praise team. He said, but I have felt like I have drug uh, baggage of my past behind me for 15 years. He said, well, I was in prayer, the Lord told me. Call Pastor Aaron, go get Pastor Aaron Bounds. He's gonna tell you what you need to do to get that baggage removed. That's as, as real as Acts chapter 10, sent for Simon Peter. He's gonna tell you what you need to do to be saved. When he told me that, I took him to the word, just like was taught today about repentance. I showed him the scripture about being submerged in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He said, that's what I need to do. He came in here and repented. We baptized him. He came up out of the water speaking in other tongues. He said, I have been cleansed. I feel free from that. Aren't you glad he could take your past and wash it away? Put off the old man. Put on the new man. How many know today is a new beginning for somebody? I told Brother Prince, I said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Lift your hands and receive the teaching, receive the word of the Lord. God, we thank you for every scripture. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, the operation of God to put us in covenant with you that, Lord, when and in we sin, we have an advocate with the Father of the righteous who is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I came to Jesus weary, worn, and sad, but he took my sins away. Aren't you glad he took your sins away? What are you praising before we take our break? Amen, I know we're gonna begin to sing it and worship in our family worship service at 11 o'clock, but right now for a moment, why don't you just praise him the way you feel to? Just praise him the way you want to. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing me, washing me in your blood, washing my sins away. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Everybody take your hand like this and just do like this. Don't wave at me. You're not waving at me. You're washing the handwriting of ordinances away. Come on, one more time. Wash that board away. When you get in covenant with God, he cleans the record. Come on, elbow your neighbor and say, he cleans the record. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Amen, amen. May the Lord bless you today. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.